0: The new generation are coming through and it's up to us to make that generation
1: better. Yeah, I don't have much hope for the new generation, if I'm honest. It's all about trap-trap trap in the bandeau no, and twerk-twerk-twerk-twerk-twerk-twerk. And twerk, 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 twerk. uh oh welcome everybody to the Uh-oh Let's Talk podcast. Something that I said what I was going to do and we've finally done it. I've assembled my little Avengers team, and we're going to talk about all the current topics that is going on in the world at the moment. I'm going to pass you over to my boy, Al. Al, tell him what's going on.
2: Right, so I'm Al. I'm the the host of the podcast. I'm the, the editor. So I'm here with Danny. Danny, how are you? I'm
0: good, thank you. How are you guys?
2: All good, all good. Danny's joining us. And we're also joined by Chris. Chris, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, good, man.
3: Excited to get started excited to get started, got lots to rant about.
2: Yeah, lots to talk about, lots to talk about, and there's an obvious choice where to start, Um, and that is obviously the death of George Floyd. And on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, suspected of passing a counterfeit $20 bill, died in Minneapolis. Derek Chauvin, a white police officer, knelt on Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes. During the final three minutes, Floyd was motionless, had no pulse, but officers made no attempt to revive him, and Chauvin kept his knee on Floyd's neck, even as arriving emergency medical technicians attempted to treat him. Well, the fallout from that has been that there's been a global adoption of the Black Lives Matter movement. There's been various worldwide protests, a removal of some polarising statues in the UK, and as of yesterday, a very serious incident in the with Police. There's lots to talk about. Gray, we kick us off?
1: Well... There is a lot to talk about, and I think, first off, I need to, like, just stress that I am not condemning any violence towards anyone. Black, white, Asian, pink, purple, or blue. Um, What happened to George Floyd in America was absolutely disgusting. Like, seeing it, I haven't even watched a full video because I couldn't bring myself to watch it. But I think this is nothing new in America. Like, it was only 1992 where Rodney King got beat up by the police, and that was caught on their own camera so this is nothing new in america i think it is definitely time for change i i I agree i think that we need to have them awkward conversations i think especially i can only speak for the uk but i think in the uk i think racism is a lot more covert than it is over and i think in america it's a little bit in your face but I do think that people need to start having these conversations about um, race. I do feel also feel that there is a very, there is a distinct line between between someone being racist and someone being culturally ignorant. I think in the UK, I think we're at this sort of culture of quickly saying that person's racist when it's like, no, all right, what they said may be a little bit inappropriate, but it may have been a bit more culturally ignorant than it is racist, and we all have a tendency to be culturally ignorant to some sort of race?
2: I think it's por- it's important to understand before you use the phrase of racist and racism to actually not sort of think about what you think the definition is and what the actual definition is. And, you know, from what I remember, it's something to do with discrimination and prejudice against another race with the view of being your own race being superior, um, which is quite an important point, I think. Because that's, I agree with you, that's what I've seen a lot of at the moment, is people using their own definition for racism. So, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to be said there about being very quick to jump on somebody's quotes about being racist, not being racist. And where, do, where do you sit on it, Chris?
3: Do you know what, like, i thought on this for quite a while, like, it all came out straight away. Would, would it have had the same reaction if it was a black police officer and a black man? I don't know. Like, we have to know for sure that it was racially motivated or racially aggravated before we start calling him racist. Now, it's not to say there's not a systemic problem with racism in America, and indeed any any country. Of course, there is, but it diminishes legitimate victims um, of of racially motivated crime and racially motivated incidents when you say that anything that appears. From a you know from a stereotypical prejudicial point of view, that it is racist. If you say that without any proof, then what does that say for the victims? You know, that have definitely been racially abused. We need to know f- for sure whether he has been or not.
2: I think I think the argument is it's, and we hear this phrase quite often about being systemic and institutionalized. And I think um, the argument there being not necessarily that the police officers were acting they were racially motivated. But there is an argument to say, especially in America, that because racism is so institutionalised and systemic that it's almost unseen by the perpetrators. They don't realise they're doing it because they've already assumed people like George Floyd to be less than equal than them, less than human. But, but I the think cops have always uh,
1: done that in America, dude. Like it's the way they just it's the way they treat black people in America. Yeah, that, that offends. Yeah, me. definitely. And, and my, my other thing about that whole video as well is how comes no one like the guy clearly can't breathe, but nobody made an attempt to try and help him. Like everyone had their phones out. So, but why? How, why didn't no one because, actually go and help
2: him? And I said this as well. I I, I said if that was me. And it was in the UK, would I risk my freedom and tackle that police officer? And I would, because I know that in the UK, the worst that could happen to me is I might get hit around the head or, 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 or handcuffed. But in America, you make one movement towards a police officer, you're shot dead.
1: But you don't have to go over and, and, and beat the police officer. Like, you can just say no. The, but you, man, you, you can't, you'd have to, can't But they were,
2: saying, you the thing they were saying that. They were, they were saying that. So, so I haven't watched the whole video they, because, like I said, yeah, I can't so so up to it. The, on-look, the onlookers said it. The um, I think there was within the crowd there was a doctor, he said it. The paramedics came and said it. And I think, I mean, I'll have to double check what I said at the beginning of the show, but I'm pretty sure that within that last three minutes when it was motionless and the paramedics arrived, arrived they had asked the officer to remove himself from his neck and he wouldn't. So, and I think going back to you know Chris's point as well, is I think the anger comes a lot from this concept of what would it have been like the other way around? So yeah, so there is an argument to say if it was yeah, a black bro, we, a
1: We've black... Speaking from a black person, we've been oppressed for a very long time. And the frustration comes when you can't be heard, then you turn violent. And I totally, I don't condemn any violence, but I can sometimes see the frustration. Like the one thing, and I'll always love my mum for this, was like growing up, she always said, I don't ever want you to say you didn't get something because you were black because that will always put a mental block in your head that you can't do something. So I've always grown up with that thought of, train of thought that if I want to do something or go and get something, I'm prepared to work 10 times harder or 100 times harder than anybody next to me, white, black, Asian, female, male, because I know that's where I want to be. And, and I'm glad I don't have that chip on my shoulder, but I can understand why our community sometimes gets frustrated and has to vent in a certain way.
0: I think it's so lovely that your mum has said that to you because there's so many mums out there and dads out there that are fearful of their young children, especially young men, that they would probably say um, you do have to work harder. And I think sometimes if you're told it from the get-go, you sort of look out for it or you might be a bit paranoid or, or um, sensitive to it and you might you might show that on the outside. I don't know. Like, I've, I've been talking about it this week to um, quite a few friends, and um, Leanne uh, from Little Mix said that when she got into Little Mix, she forgot, uh, one guy told her that she would have to work 10 times harder than her other team members, and I think if he hadn't have said that to her, would she have naturally seen it herself, how racist or... Um, that the creative industry could be, or was it did she now because she got told that was she now looking out for things that could be deemed as racist and it's like you don't know, and if everyone just treated everyone equally and without any racism or um discriminating against sex or anything, it would all just everyone would just be themselves, and it would be okay, but obviously it's not like that, but yeah it does make me wonder. If, People are planting seeds in people's heads, and it's making them be a certain way.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I was once once told um, that we need to stop telling our kids that it's a nice world out there because it ain't. And, and I think that's the truest thing. It's not a nice world out there, as much as we'd like it to be. It's not. And
2: I, I you've said, got, you've got the choice to, but you've, you've got the choice to be nice. Yeah, yeah but, that's important. Oh,
1: I said the this, this site to you earlier that. One thing I've noticed about this world, at some point, it will always remind you of how it sees you. So if that's a black man, a woman, gay, straight, like it always reminds you at some point of how it sees you. And I think with the black community as a black person, I can speak on it, change starts from within. There are certain parts of our culture that we need to change before we start demanding change from everyone else. I don't want to be special treatment. I just want to be equal to everybody. But, and I've said this so many times, and maybe I'm a hypocrite for it myself as a DJ, but in our music, we use the N-word repeatedly, which then becomes a pop song. And then if a, someone from outside of our race says it, we jump to say, you're racist. Well, how can it be if we're promoting that word to be used in a pop song? We can't keep moving the goalposts. We need to change within. Another thing is, it changes at schools. Schools need to start teaching history from and I know in Britain it's very difficult because classes are so multicultural, but the Christopher Columbus thing the the biggest lie on the planet. But that if you don't know your own history, you'll never be taught it. So parents now have a, a greater duty, especially from minority backgrounds, to teach kids their own history because they're not gonna get taught it in school.
2: And I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because that moves quite nicely onto the the issue with statues being being pulled down because actually what that's showing to us at the moment is there was a very very deep history in Britain that's we're not being told about we're not being taught about and that's not just from the side of black Britain but just white Britain as well some of these people that they've been high held in high esteem and statues made of them and streets named after them and colleges named after them actually there is quite a lot of really, really dark history to why they've become so famous and, and so special to the British public. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on the, all this all the stuff of the statues?
3: Yeah, so the thing with the statues is it's not just about the one in Bristol. So the one in Bristol was a slave trader called Edward Colston. Now, like a lot of famous figures from the 16th, 17th century, um, their sort of name gets used in many major societies so he had a school named after him i think there was a tower block named after him um probably a couple of road names etc um i looked at i've looked into it there's there's literally there's an inexhaustible list but there's probably about 15 20 major um figures of slave traders that have got statues of some significance in and around the uk um, so Edward Colliston, obviously his statue was pulled down the 7th of June. Um, the figures say that it was a protest of about 10,000, 10, people down in Bristol. Um, and the officer, the police officers that were on, on the scene have decided to stand aside, let the protesters drag the statue down and then throw it into the, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know what river it is, but... Bit, you know, into the harbour. Now, this has been challenged. Obviously, the police have been asked to play devil's advocate and they've said, like, did you just not want to back it or what's going on? And the chief of police, Raven and Somerset, actually said, no, to be, to be fair, I, I um, have no issue with my officer's actions. I, I support them 100% in choosing to stand aside. Now, that's quite a powerful message to show that the, the police that were there obviously didn't feel strongly enough
1: an or, felt,
3: or, or, or for whatever reason whether it's political or personal or or maybe they didn't want to an, you know antagonize the situation anymore but it's it's you know the, the sign of true power is having it and not not deciding not to use it and i think that's that's evident to some extent there now the the council have come out with some some nonsense about its work in harbor and that's why they removed it the following day early in the hours of the morning um and apparently it's going to get placed in, in the local museum. Um, which is oh, just a slap in the face, really, a, I That's think.
1: a joke in itself, man. The thing should just be melted down. Yeah, it should be melted. It's in a museum that people would have to pass. Like, look, I'm not going to lie. The statue thing, I found that a little bit empowering that people done it. Like, I heard the Bristol one. Um, they've been trying to get that statue removed for a while, um, which is fair enough. Um, and I, again, I think when you're not being heard and you've got to walk past this thing, but I think playing devil's advocate, we need to realise where Britain was when this stuff happened. Do you know what I mean? These statues on that are a sign of power. Like it's a sign of of like look, this is what what we done to be where we are. Um, I'm not saying it's right, but it was a totally different time. It was a bit of a like a trophy, like, yeah, this we've conquered. Like look how powerful Britain was during them times. Like they didn't this, give a damn. This
3: is three hundred and fifty years ago. Yeah. But, look how far the world's come in the last 50 have, years but have
1: we have we i'm being in some I'm, ways
3: yes in other ways no i'm
1: saying i'm saying 100% no especially as a, forget the technology and and the stuff we've done there's still something like 40 to 45% of the world population that does not have access to running water and a toilet that's just, that's that's ridiculous like you i put a post of of martin luther king having a speech in the 60s, which is still relevant today in 2020. So I have to ask myself the question have we as a human race actually evolved? Have have we?
3: So the mayor, the London mayor, Mr. Sadiq Khan, he's um yeah on the 9th, on the ninth of June, which is the same day that protesters removed um were protesting outside um Oriel College in Oxford. Um, obviously, it's quite quite a famous college in Oxford for some guy called Cecil Rhodes.
2: Um, Cecil, Cecil Rhodes is something I want to touch on.
3: Yeah, the, um, yeah. The, there was a big old protest that, that kicked up there, um, and they the protesters actually held a silence for the same time that George Floyd was was being suffocated for for eight minutes and forty six seconds. Um, and that was also the same day that Robert Milligan had a statue removed outside um, Docklands Museum. So on that same day, Sadiq Khan established the Commission for Diversity in the Public Realm, which is basically a fancy way of saying that he and a group of intellectual people from all different ethnic backgrounds and genders and sexual orientation are going to look into the landmarks in and around London to make sure that it accurately reflects the diversity of the London communities. So in other words, they're going to try and put statues in that that quite rightly should be there to, to reflect the LGBTQT community, successful females from our past and our present, and also black and ethnic minority figureheads that particularly in the last 100 years, you would say that there's quite a significant amount, particularly in the UK, um, which is a good thing. Some will say that it's, it's a ploy to get more votes. A cynic would say that, but regardless of the, the motive, I think the outcome is worth it in the sense that it's it's a fair fair reflection. And re- regardless of his motive, I think it's a really good thing.
2: I, I agree. I just I just I just feel like the reason why I want to touch on Cecil Rhodes because there's a book that I read a while ago, which I think is now number one in 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 the. Bestsellers list. It's called um, "Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race" by um, an author, Renee adu Lodge, and that's when I first heard about statues because she talked about how. So, this bear in mind, this book's a few years old now, and she talked about how there was a there was a um, there was a statue of Cecil Rhodes in um, an Oxford College, where a lot of black students protested and complained and wanted it pulled down. Um, And it never, it never, it never did. And so I just wanted out of interest just to see what the big fuss was. And I, and I researched Jessica Rhodes and actually I think the majority of his life beyond, I'm not sure when he, he, he was clearly a philanthropist philanthropist and that's why his statue is there. Um, but the reason why he was wealthy in the first place is because he benefited from the slave trade now. What, what's even worse beyond that is there is a country, there's a country in, in 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 Africa that was was once renamed, yeah, and that country was renamed Rhodesia, named after Cecil Rhodes. So Cecil Rhodes had gone to Zimbabwe, and somehow through his presence there, had left. I don't know. I think from what I gather in the book is they came and they imposed their way of life onto the Zimbabweans, killed them if they didn't want to take part in it and renamed Zimbabwe Rhodesia after himself, which is outrageous to have somebody who's done that, you know, to have a a statue of somebody of that magnitude. Is is for me? Is a bit of a it's showing off, like Greg yeah, said. It's, it's a show of power.
1: Of course it is, and that's what, but that's what a statue is, though, isn't it? A statue is a show of power. It's it's something that you look up to and, and say, "Look, this guy." Look at one of of um, Abraham Lincoln in, in America. That's a big big off statue, but to show power and dominance. Do you know, my thing with Sadiq, going back to the Sadiq Khan, I read today that um, he's thinking about moving the Churchill statue. I'm telling you now, nah, that's that's not going to happen. Now, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Like, if you read about Churchill, and I think anybody listening to this podcast, like, go do your history. Like, we no longer have to go to the library to find your stuff. It's all in, in the palm of your hand on your phone. So, yeah,
3: there's no Cher- excuse.
1: Yeah there's no excuse, for, yeah, yeah, there's no excuse for being ignorant. So, Churchill, and I'm playing devil's advocate before people start jumping in my DMs trying to, like, slew me. Like, if it wasn't for him... We wouldn't have won World War Two. Facts. That is facts. The guy led this country to victory in World War Two. Now, if you look at some of the stuff that he done, like to India, outrageous. Egypt, outrageous. But, <laughs> is Sadiq going to actually be strong enough to pull that statue down? Like, with all respect, that is like, the UK's version, and I'm not saying they're the same. I'm just comparing it.
3: You don't, you don't even need to say it. I know, I know that is their know, version of, of
1: of MLK. That is like yeah. their guy. Do you know what I mean? That that
3: the, and I'm. There's one thing. There's one thing that we we need to consider and need to objectively look at, and that's there is not a man or woman alive that is in power now or has come to power that hasn't got their hands dirty at some point. There's not 100. one. There is not one. I, I mean, even the saint that I I forget her name. But the um, the Prime Minister for New Zealand, who has recently come out as an absolute hero, and quite rightly for the way that she handled the coronavirus, I think they had like less than 100 cases and they had their tracking. The, the thing that we're bringing in now that we say is going to be well-beaten, they had theirs, their contact and trace or track and trace thing in from the get-go. And they were literally disease-free within a month. Like, even she's going to have her hands dirty somewhere. I'm not saying she's, you know you know commit genocide or she's uh enslaved an entire continent quite the country. but she'll have she'll have a, a few skeletons in her closet now this Cecil Rhodes guy touching back on it like the irony of it all is he was sent to Africa by his family I think like in his teens because he was so ill so he was sent there to get better so to boy, use, man had the, some use pound the environment the
1: some Aki, a man was hundred percent good and come back and just conquered <laughs> see, the land. So he's is, gone oh. to he's gone
3: to Africa and he's repaid them by enslaving half the population, changing the name of the country. No, that's and that. um Yeah.
0: Danny, what were you what are you saying? So I was gonna say there's um with going back to Churchill, I think there's a lot of patriotic people in this country and I think in some of the smaller um Obviously, we live in London, so it's obviously a big town, I think a lot of smaller towns live under a rock a little bit and I think they they are very patriotic and I think Churchill I would say even though yeah he won World War II I would say moving forward why not take the statue down put him in, put all these statues, I wouldn't say put all the statues in museums but put them, their names in a museum so that they're a part of history if we're going to move forward and we're move, moving forward against racism and if it makes every, like cultures feel better, why not take the statues down and let's move forward together and then yeah. you know, like, it, at the end of the day, he won World War Two, but it is history and it belongs in history and we're going to move forward and we're going to make a new history and if we do that together moving forward I think if everyone... are we though? Are we
1: though? I think, I know, I I think, know think we're, we're gonna, I know we're going to move on soon, but my, my thing with this whole protesting thing is I feel, yes, it's been highlighted, but the police brutality in America against black people has been around for time. Yeah.
0: Shocking. The really marches is. that
1: are going on are probably more attended now because people are at home. Like, so... Yeah, agreed. Like, I, I don't know, in six months' time, are we still going to be having this conversation? All I want is the Black Lives Matter thing to get the same attention as the LGP community Anna's mental health,
0: well, I know like, we've got, it's um, always there. I know we've got to move on quite quickly, but um, we. So I've I've had I've got a lot of friends that are um, of different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and I've been talking to a lot of them this week and asking them how they're feeling about the whole thing. And I've got a few mixed um, responses, but I think the main one is they just want to be like stuck up for, and they just want they just don't understand why racism just can't just go because, like, we've just got to look at people for who they are. Why can't we take them as face value? Why, why does it have to be a thing? And I get, like, it's a business and, you know, it generates money, but it should, it should just be. And I think, it, like, in America, it's completely different. But over here, it's like, um, and I've said to them as well, like, for all these years, I've known them, And maybe I've become a bit complacent, but I've never once asked them how racism has affected them or how it's made them feel. And from what they've said coming back, it's made me think, oh, my God, like I would would never want someone to feel that way. And if everyone knew more about how it's affected people and how it actually makes them feel and what they've got to do in order to make their lives comfortable and better, I think a lot more people would be a bit more... Um, yeah, and but change
1: also change also happens from within like we need to change we need to change stuff in our own community
0: Well that's what one of them said that they said um, if we if we taught our families if we heard a comment within our family or our workplace and we stuck up and said hold oh, well, on, no, that's that's not right going forward that we don't talk like that anymore she said that would be a start and if every family did that then that's a move forward if we're teaching, teaching our younger younger generations that we are the same. That's another step forward. But our younger gen- generation would come up and be different than what our older generations were, maybe. Because I think, I think there's a lot of old English, that, um, that, that old English generation are dying out now. And I think the new generation are coming through and it's up to us to make that generation better.
1: Yeah, I don't have much hope for the new generation, if I'm honest. It's all about trap trap in the bando and and twerk twerk twerk. I, 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 whole nother, a whole nother thing, but you know what I mean.
2: Coping during lockdown, the coronavirus, COVID 19, is an infectious disease caused by severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus, oh. 2. It was identified in 2019 in Wu in December 2019 in Wuhan, China, and resulted in the ongoing pandemic we're going through at the moment. Just so want to give you a quick timeline of how things how, how things have progressed. So on the 17th of November, the first person to contract COVID-19 was believed to be infected at a market when live animals were sold in the Chinese city of Wuhan. So that was the 17th of November, and that's actually backtracked to. Um, they thought the first case was. Now, step forward 24th of January, 2020, Health Secretary Matt Hancock chairs the first meeting of the UK government's Cobra Emergency Committee and their thought process there was the risk to the UK was low. That was the 24th of January. 31st of January, the first cases of the new coronavirus is confirmed in the UK. Step forward to the 5th of March, the first person in the UK dies of coronavirus. 20th of March schools nurseries pubs restaurants around the UK are ordered to close if i remember rightly that was a friday it was a friday at my last oh yeah i know it's, it's, lots of people remember that don't they gravy and, of uh, yeah oh. and then on march the 23rd unbelievably unbelievably 80 days ago Boris Johnson issues an order for an unprecedented national lockdown. Telling the British people, you must stay at home. Now, as of June 11th today, there have been 290,000 confirmed cases in the UK. There have been 41,000 deaths, which is a fatality rate of about 14%. And as of yesterday, there are around 1,000 new confirmed cases. 80 days later, Danny, what's been the hardest part? What's been the hardest point or hardest part of lockdown?
0: Well, I um, when I was younger growing up, all, every Friday and Saturday, we always had family and friends around. So we were quite a sociable family. And then um, I struggled to even stay in two days in a row, let alone 80 days in a row. So that was, I think, initially the hardest thing for me, staying in. I, I,
2: it's a, cult- a culture
0: shift. Yeah, I can't stay in. It drives me insane. Even if it, I've just got to walk to the shop, I've got to get out. And that mm. was massively a struggle for me. Like I like to have a to do list. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to plan ahead. I love to plan events. I love to plan.
2: And you've got you've got a family at home. You've, yeah. you've got a family
0: at home. You've got children. You've got a husband yeah. at home. So we, I've got a, so my daughter was four um, in April, so she had a lockdown birthday, and my second daughter is three in September. So Evie's starting Great four mind. in September. Good. So, yeah easy started school in september so we had to do homeschooling. we've got to get her ready for school which is just a nightmare like i'm stubborn so teaching a stubborn kid is just i just want to poke my eyes out with a <laughs> knife Like it's it's just been so challenging and they've grown closer and it's been lovely to see and i've loved spending time with them but at the same time
2: 80 days is uh is a lot, is yeah, a lot. And you're, and you're ready it, to move on and I, I can better echo better. that sentiment
0: yeah, like I'm ready to get back in. I'm, I'm not missing work, I'm not going to lie, but I'm ready. Normality. Yeah, like I'm normality. yeah, to have that social life again, to have friends around, to, have, to not actually feel guilty for having people round, And just like not to start opening a bottle of wine on a Tuesday would be great. Yeah,
2: yeah no, no, no. <laughs> I get you. And I think you know, I, I can, I can empathise with you in, in, in this sense that being at home with your family is, is wonderful and there are hours and days that you will never get back because, yeah. you know, they're, they're beautiful and, you know, similar to me having two toddlers at home, um, it's been challenging. How old are they? Uh, so they're both, they both have their birthdays coming up, actually, in July and August. So my daughter is one and will be two in August and my son is three and will be four in, um, in July. So having them at home, um, with my son having a disability as well, who, who um, needs to be at nursery, and him not being at nursery has been quite hard for us really, because he was making all that progress um, at nursery, and to have all that taken from him, all that extra support he was getting, yeah. uh, it is hard. But you know, it's wonderful having those 10, 11 weeks with them, and we'll look back at it with fondness. But I think similar to you. I'm ready for normality and I suppose that's the that that's the way we see it as family, you know, family members at home. But for those of us who have been at home by themselves, yeah. I I can't I can't understand what that's like. So I suppose Chris and Greg will have to let us know, you know, what's that been like no, I'm
1: not gonna lie, I commend you and Danny because if I had kids I'd have locked them up in the shed by now. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> like <laughs> I wouldn't be able to deal. I think the hardest part
0: of lockdown I
1: have actually jacked them in a car seat
2: before now. See yeah. there you go. Only <laughs> only before now and not every day. Every morning. <laughs> I, mean, um, I think the hardest
1: the hardest thing for me was um getting to know myself in lockdown. I know that sounds strange, but it's like I'm a social butterfly. So I've discovered that I have an oven and a fridge in my kitchen that I can use because I'm always mm. out. Um I remember once my my flatmate came in and just started laughing at me because I was sitting on the sofa staring out the window like a cat, like, <laughs> like, like and he was like, "Look at you, man! Like, just look at you! Like, you got like, I, I, I was struggled. I've had, I've had arguments with myself. Um, I've doubted, um, if I've accomplished anything in my life. And I know that sounds sounds silly,
2: but I'm like, yeah, i, I I'm, have like, have I reached? A, most people understand that.
1: Yeah, and I. I thought about quitting a few things um, because of of the of the pandemic. I'm thinking like, I can't continue doing this. But I think ultimately, one thing I have learned is like things like this. I've always, I've wanted to do the podcast I spoke about with Chris. I, I think I've said I wanted to do it for like the past year, but I've never had time to do it. So in this lockdown, I've tried to use my time winningly by trying to read more. Um, all the projects that I've had on a back burner, I've tried to say, like, look, Greg, you can do this. Get up. I'm getting up every day about half six, seven o'clock, and I'm doing stuff to try and progress my business. Um, and I said to someone the other day that I find it very hard, and I, and I say this with the utmost respect to everyone listening to this, that if you're in a stable home, and I mean, I know there's some people who are in a lockdown in an abusive relationship or they have real issues at home, so I'm excluding that. Portion. I'm talking people that have, don't have that have a happy, stable home. If you come out of lockdown and haven't learned something or have a no, new drive, your life's dead. Like that is. I'm sorry. That's just the most. I can't put it any I other think, way, Bob. That I is know, dead. I think
2: you, you've got to be. You've got to be careful because um, one of the big things that came out in lockdown. and I'm glad that people said this, and I'm going to pass to Chris for this one because I think you probably know it a bit better than me. Um, it's a concept of people saying. So there was a big, sorry, let me start that again. So there was a big, big drive to what you're saying, Gravy, of, you know, if you're not using this time wisely, if you're not using this time wisely, oh my God, you know, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. And there are people that came and said, "Hold on a minute, right? We've never been through this before. We've never seen anything like this in our living lives, nor have our parents or grandparents. It's okay not to be okay, and it's okay to have not done anything, but to just got up that day." and got out of bed and just made something to eat and gone back to bed because, you know, people have, you know, people have suffered sort of being in their own space with no, you know, I know, you know, of you two guys and many other people that I've seen, nobody but themselves for weeks and weeks on end, no human contact and it has affected people differently. And I just think, I agree with you. Yes, if you've come out of this pandemic with a new skill or a new drive or something particularly good to show for it, like well done, but I think if you've just survived it and you, you know, because you remember there are people that don't have jobs. There are people that have not seen family members. And if you've just come out of it and you're okay, I think that's, that's also, I mean, what do you think, Chris?
3: So for me, I, I mean, I, I suffer with depression and anxiety. Um, it's something that I cannot see it for months and then, um it can just creep up on me normally it normally is triggered by bad events or you know a series of things that upset me or wind me up same like most people to be honest um and it's something that i've blogged about quite a few times because you could be having a good day and it can affect you but most of the time for me it's triggered by things not going right now some people will listen that well yeah surely that's just you know everyday life like things can go wrong and it can upset you but it's it's, it's different than that and i completely hear what greg's saying cuz like if things are going well um this this sort of time gives you time to think and gives you time to reflect on yourself and what you're doing and what you want to do with your life and what's going well what's going bad and how you're going to go about changing it but like you said out like it's there's people out there that that are really really going to really have struggled with not having the interaction and not having the ways of of coping that they would normally have so some people and I'm sure Greg you can relate to this and and Danny will be able to relate to this in a different way like if things aren't going well you might call up a mate and go out for a drink or you might you know wait for your other half to 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 get home from work or, or till you get home and have a chat with him and a glass of wine or like go and play with your kids or something like if you don't have your usual yeah, avenue I can of see that healing yourself yeah, fixing yourself i can see that you you're gonna you're gonna struggle and and we've all been there like the, the best way that i can describe what that's like is obviously we are in a new normal like we're in a parallel universe eventually things will go back to normal but for the time being this is our normal but generally speaking when everything's going well everything's open and that imagine those times where you've been really ill like bedridden flu ill, and for like four three four five days you're completely locked off like that you're done you're in bed you can't move you can't eat anything you're ill and then you just kind of feel like i'm missing out like by the time you get over it you're like what's been going on what have i missed like and i think that's like that for a lot of people at the moment they just like imagine having that for like weeks on weeks and weeks, like not being able to get yourself out of the funk that you've got yourself in. And, you know, like people locked inside, a lot of people will cope by you know, going to see a therapist or, you know, going out. like I said, literally going out for a drink with mates. That could be it. And having that removed, I mean, I, I appreciate the iron this because we're, we're chatting on computers, but chatting on the phone to someone is very different to chatting face to face with someone. Like what, what, what is it nonverbal communication makes up like 80, 90% of all communication. Um, those, those personal those personal touches, like the eye contact, the, the empathy in someone's body language, like it makes a big difference to being able to communicate and build and maintain a rapport with someone. Um, so for me, this, this lockdown, like there were times, and I've spoke to Greg about it, there were times where a couple of days where I just felt, just felt rubbish just felt rubbish like for no real reason just just the mind-numbing monotony of everything yeah. just just not having really anything to look forward to that that you know the absence oh, of hope is yeah it drives a lot of people mad when they're in in prison and things like that and it's nowhere near comparable but it's it, that lack of that lack of something to look forward to is definitely what i'm finding hardest on my bad days and i'm sure there's other people out there that that can you relate always
0: to find that it hard when um, um, someone says to you as well. You should count yourself lucky. You should, um, yeah. yeah I find that hard. Yeah, as well. I mean, there's,
3: there's, there's, again, this, this does touch back on, 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 the other issues that we've talked about, like the, is it, is it people being malicious or, just being an ass, or is it literally ingrained in people? that, oh you're alright, you've got nothing to be upset about, so why are you? I upset? think it's like or... when
2: people say to a married couple, oh when are you gonna have kids? No and it's only till you, and it's, it's only to you realise <sighs> okay. as a
0: that's no, rude. exactly, exactly that's, rude, that's what I'm saying. But... It's only
2: to you realise that actually what is quite to you quite a um innocuous question to other people that's that's their world so asking those questions is 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 hard so when you say to somebody well you know you should feel lucky it's an innocuous comment because it's said with love but ultimately what they don't realize is well actually I I don't feel like I you know yes I've got the most basic thing in life my health and my life but you know I'm completely cut off or I've been ravaged by illness and, and and I don't feel lucky and and I think you know to wrap it all up. I think w- what I think is quite key from all of this is we've all suffered differently. We've all done well differently, but more importantly, it will be over. It will be done.
1: Right. I can't you wait. You've,
2: you've got to you've got to be able to walk away from this with something to move forward with. Um, and I think for me, yeah. I mean, I'm going to ask everybody personally. I think for me is what I'm taking away from all of this. My take, my, my, my take home is. I'm a very, very lucky man. You know, I've got an absolutely you know, stunning fiance who is an absolutely amazing person who's given me two really beautiful kids. And I always feel like I am doing the best for them by working hard. And that's back to that old comment. That it's not about working hard, it's working smart. So where I'm pulling all these late nights, doing this, doing that, doing this, that, and the other, taking care of this finance, this bill, this, the car, this and that. And actually that time needs to be split between taking them outside, going to the park, thinking about what we can do on the weekend. Where can we go, you know, somewhere in the UK for the day? Because that's what they need from me, rather than making sure that every plastic bottle in this house is being replaced by some sort of sustainable piece of cardboard. You know, that's, that's lovely and that's my thing. And for me, that's doing a good thing for us. But actually, taking—I—it like, I, I, sounds so ridiculous. But I didn't get the concept of if you just take children to the park, they enjoy it. You know, that's—it sounds so alien concept. But I never took them because I thought, oh, they're not going to enjoy it. They're going to need some sort of ball or something to play. But I took them to the park. I take them every day, and they just love being in the park doing nothing. So it's those sorts of things. You, uh, you know, similar to what Chris said, it's about. Making sure it's not phone calls, it's face to face meeting with your family and friends. And, you know, whether you feel lucky, you know, I, I know that I am lucky and I need to act like a right, lucky right. man and actually give my time the right way.
1: I ain't gonna lie to you because after this, I think I might turn my room into a jungle gym. There's gonna be swings and all sorts because man is totally recovery roasted right now. Like, I've been in lockdown eight days. Is that your
2: take? Is that your takeaway from lockdown then? No, it's just that little thing. What's your takeaway then? What's my my takeaway, takeaway from
1: it is. I was and I was only messing around with that last statement. I'm joke, <laughs> but, but I, I was once told um, that when when life is good, it sh- it's very short, but when life is life is is bad, it's very long, and I think this period has shown me that um, I have come out here with new a new hunger, a new drive. There's certain things in my life that I definitely want to change, and I'm willing to give it a go. But I've also realised that there's there's certain people in my life that I valuable I value now more than I did before lockdown. Um,
3: yeah, hundred percent. We certainly yeah, all know who yeah. our, friend, our true friends are now. Yeah, They're people that aren't about because you're not. Yeah, up in the club right. until two right. in the morning. Right, right, exactly. With like,
1: Chris is one of them. Chris has rang me every day since lockdown has started, like just to say like you good.
3: Unli- so unlimited like, minutes yeah. in it. <laughs>
1: I, I, and I and, I, and I, I take from that, like I'm, bl- I'm blessed to have a a, a network. Ow, you know, me and you go way back. Do you know what I mean? So,
2: but I'm a self I'm a self confessed terrible communicator. So, so where Chris is ringing you every day, I'm ringing you what every month.
0: I, do I said I'm I'm
2: a, but... a self confessed bad communicator. Sorry, go then. Okay, I, I think it's um
0: it has definitely has brought a lot of people oh. closer together. Like. Families Zoom, Zoom quizzes and whatnot. I think it's definitely brought people speaking more. Oh, so what's um, your
2: take home? What's your take home, Danny? Oh, um, what, are you taking, what are you taking out of this?
0: Um, well, my New Year's resolution was to have more me time. And then obviously the coronavirus happened. So <laughs> but,
2: okay. Canceled. Cancelled.
0: That got, got cancelled. <laughs> but um, to be honest, I've really <laughs> enjoyed spending time with the girls. I really have. Um, they are mummy's girls they are up my backside all day long. What I about
2: your partner? Quite hard. Don't worry, don't, they don't, dads, dads, don't, dads don't, dads don't matter. It's all about mummy. Um, daddy,
0: you know, daddy didn't even to drop her. Danny's, Danny's, a figment of imagination. It's all about mummy. <laughs> right. so exactly. No, So to be fair as well, we've um, so before this, John was work like worked very long hours, Monday to Friday. got to college on a Monday and Tuesday, so Monday, Tuesday, we don't really see him. And then um, every other weekend, he goes to pick up his daughter. He's got another daughter, so brings her. So we actually really didn't see each other much. So the fact that we've been able to see each other, um, and I've got quite a strict bedtime routine for the girls. So we have evenings together. We've, you know, we've actually been able to, we've probably talked more whole during the lockdown than we have in the 10 years that we've been together. So that had brought us closer together. And like... I'm quite ambitious, I want to, I don't, it sounds really awful, but I don't just want to be a mum, I want to be something else as well. It's not awful, so, it's not, awful.
2: You're not you're not, you're not, you're not defined by your, your role in yeah, the family, you know, you're defined by who you are. Yeah, yeah, and I,
0: and they're, they're very strong-minded girls and I want them to grow up to be, like, I don't know, just to go out there in the world and not be afraid of anything, so, I don't know, I think this time has been amazing, I've not had a lot of time to myself, but I, definitely realized and changed. I definitely will chill and not worry about staying in more than two days in a row. And My family have become closer through technology. We've been very lucky to have that. And even though I do count myself lucky, at the same time, I know it's okay to still crack some days and to vent and not to worry about silly opinions and just count yourself lucky just because you've got what other people might not have. It doesn't mean you can't vent or explode from time to time.
3: That was your point, Chris, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's 100%. Like, it's not not natural to be perfect all the time. And as long as you're working towards making yourself healthier and, and therefore better, like, you're on the right track. Like, I've, I've got a... a another thought process that I've stolen from my man Denzel is it's it's not about perfection. It's about improvement. Like the aim is to mm. just get a little bit better every day.
0: 1% just,
3: every day. You're not, you're not, you're not going to get up every day and feel amazing. You're not going to get up and necessarily be able to take on the whole world, but you just, you just got to get up and, and, and try do as much as you can. And if, if today doesn't work and, and, you know, you've got to spend the day on the sofa, then, then, you know, so be it but sometimes sometimes you just got to power through it and and for me like this this whole lockdown it's just it's like greg said it's kind of refocused me on on what i want to do what i want to achieve like i i i don't want to sell in any aspect of my life i I refuse to sell i'm gonna go out and get what i'm worth whether that's in with friends with with loved ones with with work like i'm gonna go out and get as and do as well as i can um because you know that's just settling for for the bare minimum is is not is not something that interests me 100. so so we you know understanding um looking after your loved ones and recognizing who's there for a good time and not for a long time
1: and get up every day, make your bed and wash your battery because that's why enough people ain't washing themselves at the moment and they're nasty like that. Man. I mean, probably, like, go they're go, washing
0: go. their hands, they're yeah. so just not
1: showering. Yeah, but that's the I don't know. You're <laughs> I mean, washing your hands, but you're not washing your battery. You just think, yeah, you can't, you know you can't I mean? be
3: getting away with it with a 22nd yeah. hour wash when you're wearing the same box. Yeah, week, come on, that's man. That's not right. But oh, I do want to
1: say, right. before we move on, I, I do want to mm-hmm. say a special shout out. Like, cause I miss someone very daily, and I, I just want to give him a shout. out And that's my barber. Like, I can't <laughs> not mention him because at the moment I look like a troll on crack. Like,
2: it's
0: just not cool. Like,
2: my hair is
1: like,
3: real. Like, shorty from at, at, Scary at, Movie. Right. At, at the at
2: the at the moment, is that not a regular? You're an idiot. Regular coach You're an you?
1: idiot. But uh but uh, my hair is like, I, I, I can't tell you how I feel about my hair right now. But, like. It, another thing all jokes aside about the hair thing i've realized that i don't know how to look after my hair when it's at a certain length like i didn't know how to look after it i've totally forgot about like moisturizing my hair like on a different level so it's stuff like that as well that i'm like taking for granted like it's crazy but yeah moving god bless on. hats yeah god bless auto <laughs> hats are yeah, available online check it out auto underscore clothing uk get the freshest
2: hats Project Restart. On the 30th of March, the Premier League season was suspended until the 4th of April because of the coronavirus pandemic. Today, on the 11th of June, Premier League clubs have one last chance to voice their concerns today at the final shareholders' meeting ahead of Project Restart. Representatives of all 20 top-flight clubs will reconvene this morning to vote on the physical operations and matchday protocols ahead of the return of the top-flight football next Wednesday. Kicking off, Man City versus Arsenal, and Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. Now, in an unprecedented few months, a month and a half, we're going to see 92 matches on TV, and a third of them being free. The season will finish about August the 2nd, and provided there's no virus spike, that will be the date that they've been given. So, all matches are behind closed doors. The stars and staff will be tested regularly. The 92 games will be on Sky Sports, BT, BBC Sport and Amazon Prime. And 29 of those matches will be free to air. So there's lots to talk about there. Mainly Sky. Surely must be annoyed at the fact that that's been shared out because they've paid all that revenue. Um, there's 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 issues with the Women's League. I think that's a very, very interesting message because they've they suspended all the Women's Leagues, but all the male leagues have continued. And there's also issues about playing at neutral grounds, And can fans be trusted not to attend? So, thoughts, Chris?
3: Right. I mean, we all know why the Premier League's back and not the Women's Super League. Like, money. 762 million. That's how much the Premier League makes in broadcast income alone. We're not talking about all the adverts. We're not talking about all the sponsorship deals just in income generated from the broadcasting. So, that's that three quarters of a billion just on people paying for tv subscriptions people buying the tv rights and then airing it out that's that's a mad amount of money it's ridiculous that's just just the product of the premier league like it the amount of money it generates that's that's why it's back like people say it's safe and it's uplifting for people that it's got nothing to do with that like it's it's all about the money like uh, there's, I think, there's what ninety two games left. Yeah, ninety two games they're over gonna, a month and a half. They're all gonna, they're all gonna get a TV slot from what? I understand.
2: Yeah, every game, every game is televised, every single game. So,
3: so I mean, that that was sorry that that, that fact, was a
2: that was a um that was a negotiating point that the government had if the if the Premier League were to be allowed to continue their argument, the government was only if you, if you just show all the games basically for the public. Yeah.
3: And that's also to try and discourage yep. groups of fans turning up at the stadiums on mass and causing a massive And turn our heads away from
2: what the government are wave. doing.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and, and that's smart because we can't trust people to wash their hands properly. Mm-hmm. We've got to pump out all these adverts saying to wash it for 20 seconds and remember to, you know, do your palm and in between your fingernails <laughs> and that. Like, like people need reminding how to wash their hands when they when they're fully grown so we can't trust people still but they're out still the bopping street with their
1: breasts like Corona though. still anyway that's another
3: thing man.
2: but i think danny this is where this is where i think you'll be able to, to chime in here i'm i'm very ashamed to say that i have a massive 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 interest in women's football because of the fact that i have a daughter and it's shameful because actually i should have an interest and i should care about it or I should have opinions on it, regardless of having a daughter. But having a daughter has made me feel like, it's made me see the women's plight a bit, a bit more now. And I just find it absolutely, like, I'm outraged. I find it disgraceful that as a country, it's not been a thing. No one cares that, you know, the, we spent a year promoting the women's football and they've cancelled the entire league. But even down to the lowest league possible in the English Premier in, in in England for men, their leagues are their leagues are allowed to continue. So, what message does that send, Danny?
0: Well, first and foremost, I think footballers. I know it's certainly not the question, but footballers get paid way too much. I think they need to halve their wages and give them to the NHS. But second of all, yeah, I think um, a lot of um, I think it, it 100 shouldn't be cancelled. I think again, it's discrimination against women. I think women can just. Do a job just as well as men, um, and I think it, it it does sometimes take for you to have a son or a daughter or whatever um, a daughter to have certain opinions to to see a woman's point of view, and and I think um, communication with women and and um, I, I do I think um I think it's disgusting that they've done that.
2: Te- I think it's terrible. I, I I generally think it's terrible.
0: It is. I think um it just shows that women are still lower than men in that sport. And, yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's not fair if we're going to move forward and we want equal rights and it needs to be equal rights across the board. I get,
2: an, e- an equal, equal opportunities. Exactly.
0: And I, I get, like, obviously money talks with everything and I get men's football creates more money and we've got to build our economy back up. But at the end of the day, we've got to move forward as a country and it's got to be equal rights throughout. Uh, yeah, that's my, um, and, I, and I think anyone that has a daughter or um, think the same, I think everyone needs to uh, tell their daughter they can be exactly what they want to be. And I don't feel like they should have to work any harder than men. They just, No, no,
2: they, no, I agree.
0: They can be what they want to be and I, no doubt should ever be put in their head. But yeah, bring back women's football.
1: But again, <laughs> that goes back to my point that I said earlier about the world always reminding you of how it sees you. Again, yeah, definitely, um,
2: definitely.
1: Like, I'm not a, I am not. don't watch women's football, not because I have anything against it, it's just I just don't watch it. Like, I don't watch cricket.
2: But, but I don't I, watch it either, but I, su- I support it. Yeah. I support the cause. Again, I don't again, watch it very it. often, but I support the cause. But yeah, I, I, I su- 100% support I the cause. I
1: don't think it was a right message or a right view from the FA to allow men to play and then suspend the women's game. It's like... It's not that funny, old thing. But of, it's
2: not even a news story. It's not even a know, news story. I know, but it's not back, a new it's back story. against
1: going back to that men are stronger than women sort of thing. It's just like, hold on a minute. If you're gonna allow one, allow all. Like there's no like I don't Listen, understand why they've done you it. You
2: look, you look, you look about at team sports. Yeah, in this country, the women always outperform the men, no matter what sport it is. The national teams, the women always outperform the men. Be it cricket, be it buddy football, they we always outperform them. I think. England get into the semis um, this time round. Like the, the women's team have been doing that for years. You know Again, I mean, they've been, it's they do better, they do better than the men in most sports. I
1: think it goes back to what my boy said to me like, cash is king. Like, the Premier League was under too much of a threat from investors and yeah. sponsors, yeah, not to finish the season. If I'm honest, if I'm in the bottom three. And my team starts getting whooped. I'm not even gonna lie. I'll be like, look, someone's had a couple of cases. Someone's got
3: You're paying yeah, the yeah. document doc, you? doc, and the league's right, getting his, stopped.
1: Because I'd rather
3: here's his 20k yeah, to your hundred yeah, Bank account. I'm yeah. Someone
1: in my team, a couple of players are getting struck down by Corona again, and I'm I'm locking off the league. Because I'm being honest, because money money talks, and I think we are risking it. Like Liverpool win the league. I guarantee you, if Liverpool win the league, them fans are not staying in. Like they're not, they're not going to stay in. Um, so it's it's a, it's a weird one. But on in, in the other hand, I'm glad it's happening. I think it will keep people in their house because people are yeah. going to want to watch football. Um, I think this bad weather has also helped people stay in their house. Um, going slightly off topic, we will see in the next couple of weeks if there's a second spike with all these
2: protests and, and that. And actually we didn't really touch on protest at all, didn't mm-hmm. me. Not I really, really. Heard no, not really.
0: I really hope that there isn't a second fight due to the protest because I think it will dampen their spirits. I think it'll go against their cause and it'll it'll be a bad
2: And bad. It, it will it will do. And the sad part of that is what bothers me the most is I'm a uh, so I I I Actively avoid news, yeah, because I don't like the narrative that's set on most news channels and it's always paid for by something, yeah, it's paid by somebody to give us their narrative. So I like to find news myself, so I, I don't read any news, I don't watch any news. But the only news source that I generally look at. Is The Guardian, because The Guardian is, you know, it it, it employs independent writers and all that sort of stuff. So it's not The Guardian, it's these independent writers, these freelancers. I'll give it a
1: free plug to The Guardian.
2: No, no, but but it's it's not actually. It's the opposite, because that's the only news source that I read, because I listen to their podcasts, and I listen to, that they do a podcast called The Guardian Long Reads, where they have these articles that I read as audiobooks. And I was a big fan of them until I saw... um, this now narr- again the narrative. I didn't like the narrative. So when there were waves of people going to beaches, the the headline was UK uh, population swarmed to the beaches due to the heat. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic. That was a, that that was the the headline. When they reported on the protesters, it was a headline. You know, UK protesters risk second spike by protesting Black Lives Matters. And I'm thinking, come on, come on now. You can't sit here and and even consider suggesting that if there's a second spike, it's solely down to um, that th- these protesters. Nothing to do with the government's shambolic attempt at trying to you know oh, that's a keep this. I, I I remind you back to what I said earlier. Yeah, we would. They said on the 24th of January there is a low risk to, the, to to the UK. They said that we'd be doing well. We would be doing well. If we limit death to 20,000, okay, that's what they said. And they're, they they you know, like I said, a different podcast. Their, their suggestions of what to do and the fact that their own cabinet have broken those rules, their ridiculous nature of changing stay alert from what it was before and this conflicting advice. That's why there'll be a second spike. The fact that when it was proper lockdown, two, three weeks into it, and I, with my fiance, was taking my one daily walk with my two children to see waves of young men sitting in the park, smoking and chatting. That's why there's going to be a spike, not because people have decided to go and protest. In the same way, you know, they weren't willing to blame anybody who had gone to the beach for any more deaths. We've got double what they thought we would have. Yeah. But no one's complained about the people that went to the beach. No next, one's suggested that weeks, might be part of it. In the next
1: few weeks, we'll see. Um... I have got one more thing that I thought we, we didn't mention on. You're right. We didn't mention on the protest, but it was like celebrities during the protest. I know Anthony Joshua. No,
2: Not interested. I know
1: Joshua took a lot of flack, um, but this point's relevant to me. Um, that's why I'm bringing it up. It's relevant to us. Um, Joshua came out and said, um, we need to support uh, black UK owned businesses. Um, and I find, I find this bit. How can I put it? I felt to email Joshua and say, let me sponsor you then. I can't pay you what Under Armour are doing you, but I can give you one two, one two jeans and that and and a tracksuit. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But you know it's not going to happen. And my thing with this whole, I've always used the hashtag support UK businesses and I'm probably going to get flack for it. But the reason why that's an issue is because we don't do it in our community. We don't support our own businesses. If the Asian community supports their own, own communities, the Jewish people are the best. At, uh, supporting their own community but the black black people don't so this whole movement of support like UK black owned businesses I'd like to see if we're still doing this because I know it's not going to happen Like it's, a, it's an issue because we know we don't do it and I want to see if Joshua and all them are going to start pumping or supporting UK businesses because I doubt they are I think he just said it because it felt good at the time
2: In an unrelated topic, Chris thoughts um, to the scoreline Arsenal two, Brentford three.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that. Why would you mention that, Chief?
2: Because well, that's 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 what we that's what that's what we're talking about. So fucking... I thought I might just ask Chris's thoughts on it. It's just it's just rude. <laughs> it's
3: it's rude. I mean, it's 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 rude to be honest. Like, what have they been doing? Like, what have they? Do? I've I've seen some of the clips. Like, honestly, I'd love to go down <laughs> to the training ground. I mean. I... I'm barely Sunday League level, but I'd, I'd fancy my chances scoring against this lot. Honestly, listen, I don't blame Martetta because I mean you can't polish a turd. Like some of these, some of these men are, are are on are earning more in a week than I will earn in three four years. Like, and they're just absolutely clocking out. Like they're just turning up. They're just turning up, going through the motions. Like, I think I think uh, the, the the other the way
2: that I was it was explained to me and I totally get it. And just to wrap things up and we can be able to define the thoughts is, as I suppose that the reason why they pay so much, Danny, is um, footballers are, they're a commodity to a, t- to a team. Mm. So basically at the end of a week or end of a the month, these teams earn an insane amount of money. And for lots of teams, the percentage of the money they earn a small percentage is actually paid on footballers' wages. So an example would be a team might make in a year um, hundred and fifty million, but they only pay forty million on wages. And the argument there is, well, hold on a minute. I'm the sole reason, I'm one of the sole reasons why you even earn this yeah. money. Because it's my performances, it's my performances that make you this money. So I I I am due, I am due more of the piece of the pie. So I think you're right in a sense of they shouldn't necessarily be paid as much as they're paid because in in comparison to other to other actual meaningful jobs it, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. But actually you've got to see it from the other point of view. You know, if if your if your daughters are working in a company where they you know your daughters themselves are the sole reason why they're making that money mm-hmm. and they're making a hundred million a year but they're paying your daughters, you know, ten grand a year, yeah. you're gonna say, well hold yeah. on a minute. This is this isn't this isn't an equal this isn't an equal uh, share of what's going on yeah. here so that's why they are paid that much but yes i agree with you to have to have footballers have you know these 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 are people that are each week are earning 2 to 300,000 pounds in a week Show me the being, in a, being in a, in a month they're over over a million pounds and and yeah it is it is absurd but i think
0: suppose it takes over their life so, as well doesn't it Trailer.
2: it does it, it does and that's that's 10 years 20 years of your life you know no drinking no christmas parties Know this, know that. There's no growing up as a teenager and going to the park and learning how to do whatever. This, that's, that's you done for the next 20 years of your life. And I... It
3: mu- it still must hurt though, even with of all course. that money watching the tax man of kind of take unless, off. Unless... oh my! Could you, could you imagine seeing your national unless, insurance unless contribution you, unless you play for Monaco? My well, wage
2: slip. Play for Monaco, you're laughing.
1: I'm not being Wesley sniped. We're a registered company. Just getting that out there. Number <laughs> no, out. All jokes aside. Um. I think the football will get the nation all, all back. It will do.
2: I think. It, I think. I think you're right on that. I think. I think it will do. I think it will get us. It will get us back a little
3: bit. We've always been a tribal nation. We've always been a back yeah. to the wall. What did you say? Are You trying to start something sort of nation? We've always been because we're an island. We're just used to. We're just used to beef. Just it's it's nothing. It's nothing to us. You see it on the news, don't you? you see the riots and you're just like, eh. I mean, like you, Al. Like I've got just got no interest in watching it because it's just all negative. Like, right, who's fighting now? it like it just loses its It loses its effect. Just you see it all the time. Just people are fighting about something or some sort of. Oh, just it's just too much. Constantly, always scrapping.
2: Right now, it's time for the final thoughts. Um... It's just something that's resonated with you this week. Um, why don't you start us off, Chris? Do
3: you know what? The the thing that's that's most resonated with me this week is it's the power th- the media have on everyone's day-to-day life. And I say this I say this because you look at the stories that have dominated our headlines in the last couple of weeks and we will feel a certain way pretty much in conjunction, like particularly with George Floyd, like it's, oh, it's it's absolutely appalling. Like they've murdered him, blah, blah, blah. Like every rhetoric that you've seen about him, you'll see we, we had his funeral sort of like broadcast on the six o'clock news. Like quite rightly, obviously people deserve to pay their respects and celebrities have forked up money to pay for this guy's funeral. I mean, he did not deserve to die, but this guy did five years inside for, for home invasion with a weapon. Like, I think, I I think he had like sexual assaults on his register. Like he was, he was an adult actor. He's got five kids. And I, I don't know if he was seeing or paying for them all. Like the guy was not a saint by any stretch of the imagination, but because the, the, the story of racist cop kills black man in America, has generated a huge amount of traffic through all the media. The amount of articles they can put out, the amount of shows, the amount of guests they can bring on, the amount of people that will tune in to watch it, that will click on the links on the internet and will, will retweet this and hashtag that and follow it and, you know, and all the blackout Tuesday and stuff on Instagram. Like, that's, that's money. Every time people are doing that, that's money. So by fueling the fire, by getting people really angry and choosing to, Choosing to show parts of the argument, and the same with the protests that took part in London. Like there were so many photos that were shown of like police like fighting with protesters, and there were actual clips and photos that were were cropped where it had purposely missed out the protesters standing in front of the officers with like a twelve with like a six foot pole swinging it at them, and they purposely cut out and just showed the officers with their batons out. Like, why would they do that if they're not trying to create a generation of fear or they're trying to create animosity or anger amongst people so they go, yeah, nah, the police are doing this, the police are doing that and, and this is racist and, like, the, the media just control everyone's emotions by just being able to put out a photo or a image to make people feel a certain way and I think we as, we as a society have got to pay attention and open our eyes to what we're being what we're being fed. Like we need to objectively look at what we're being shown and get our information from lots of different sources. Because the people that are supposedly objectively reporting on everything are doing anything but that.
2: Danny, what are you what What's your take home from this um, from this week? I
0: totally agree with Chris. I think the um, media control everything. I think the coronavirus brought everyone together, and I think what happened to George and um, has totally got got people going against each other because of all the posts that are happening on social media. People are, um, yeah, going against each other and fighting against each other and discriminating against each other. And I, I think, um, I just think it's a ploy to bring everyone together to separate everyone again to get everyone fighting again. And, um, I just don't agree with it. And I think deep down, um, if you're feeling a certain way. Have honest and open conversations with your friends and family about how you're feeling, about how they're feeling, and kind of take their thoughts and how they're feeling into consideration, and kind of um, contribute in that way. And with the younger generation, and you know, sign the petitions and donate a little bit of money to these causes, because it you know, it, it, money talks. And I think do that. And if you're not, if you don't want to protest, and you don't want to be Post and post, don't feel like you have to just sign a petition and donate some money and live in your bubble and that's okay. And um, I don't think people should be forced or bullied into anything they don't want to do. Um, and and I, I I think um yeah that's it really. And with lockdown, hopefully we'll see a light at the end of the tunnel. And see people are feeling down and upset, and it's like you said, it's okay to not be okay. Just make sure you. Use you talk to someone before doing anything silly or drastic. You speak out with your man, woman. Let people know how you're feeling. Be open. No, no one's going to be ashamed of how you're feeling. And um, and also appreciate this time with your loved ones, your, your partners. Don't argue because you're in each other's company. Like appreciate the time. And um, yeah, just enjoy the time with your kids because once they go back to school, that's all. I mean, I'm saying that, but I know tomorrow they're going to drive me insane. They're going to tip me over the edge. But, you know, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Hopefully we'll never get this time back again. That's
1: it. Um, Yeah, I'm the same. I think I've come out of this this lockdown with a new sort of, like I said before, hunger and desire to improve certain aspects of my life. I do think that change doesn't need to happen within the community, the death of George Floyd, hopefully will not be in vain and that things will change across the whole world for all minorities. Um, but I think we still need to have them awkward conversations, even in six months' time. Um, I had to stop. I mean, that's a bad habit of mine. But yeah, I've really enjoyed this uh, podcast. This first one has been, has been great. Hopefully we Thank do more. If you want to follow us, please... Um... Follow us on our socials. It is Otto Let's Talk podcast on the gram. Also follow the clothing, Otto underscore clothing UK. And the last one is the brunch. London's only three-hour bottomless brunch, Otto bottoms up. That's where you can get us tags.
2: I suppose my final thought really at the moment is I'm not interested really. I'm not interested in what celebrities have got to say. I'm not interested in Twitter campaigns insta campaigns what keith lemon's got to say i'm not interested that they've dropped the urban title i don't care that now all of a sudden they're allowing people to protest and kneel in Neil in in sports games i don't actually care because you know what if it takes someone to die for you to give people their opportunity to do these things and we've been campaigning for the word urban to be removed for the longest time and if it takes you someone to die for you to do that i'm not interested you know all i want to know about is what are you doing now it's all fine to do protesting it's all fine to do hashtags but what are you doing to fix the problem what are you tangibly doing to fix that problem and will you be doing the same thing in six months that's my question that's what i'm more interested in so really that's it really i think that's been that's been a great first podcast um anybody want to do any shout outs for their social media
1: i've done one for all the stuff already but my personal one is DJ underscore golden child the fat boy with a pretty boy smile follow me
0: <laughs>
2: anybody else
0: I started um, one for mum called women winging it those okay
2: on Instagram yeah lovely I'll, I'll put those all in the show notes everyone's Instagram lovely um okay that's the end so it's been a pleasure um mm-hmm.